EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people Names, who characters, are... places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or locales or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Bonnie. That, folks, obviously was my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Bonnie DeForest, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and myself, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, all new comedy sketches and some of our favorite songs from previous episodes. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, lately, I don't know where I stand in life and I need some clarity. Last year, I asked the love of my life to marry me. We had known each other since fourth grade and since our freshman year in college, we've lived together. Now, our wedding is coming up soon, and my life is in turmoil. How can the love of my life change so drastically in just a few months? She has gone from a sweet, caring individual to a self-centered narcissist. Here are a few examples. She asked me whom I want to invite to the wedding. I give her the list. She shakes her head and marks off two of my fraternity brothers without batting an eye. She asked me for input on invitation cards. I tell her what I like, she gives me a look, and the next thing I know, she's sending out the pink and white frilly one I voted off the list. Finally, the last straw is my wedding shoe choice. Granny Ada, I don't want to wear black and white patent leather rental shoes. I want to wear my dress black snakeskin cowboy boots. She says if I do, the wedding is off. Her blatant defiance is turning me off. This supposedly is my wedding, too. What will happen when we have kids? I am starting to doubt that I'll have any say in their upbringing. What should I do, Granny Etta? This is not the woman I asked to marry me. Signed, Do I, I Do. Dear Do I, how delightful. Not having your cake and expecting to eat it, too, is what many brides-to-be expect from their fiancés. Many feel this temporary insane behavior of the bride is acceptable and cute. Frankly, I don't. I always felt reverting back to childish behavior was not good practice. Brides today think this is their last hurrah. 
their time in the spotlight, a time when money and feelings are no object, a time when they make people bend over backwards to please the princess. You did not mention her mother, but I bet if she has one, she's terrorizing everyone in the party as well. So what should you do? Walk down the aisle, remembering the good qualities of your bride. Wear the boots with dignity and pride, not defiance. By standing up to her and showing your spine, you are building a good foundation for respect and a marriage working towards a partnership for better or for worse. However, if she truly does call off the wedding because of the boots, then so be it. One day you could look back and count your blessings for letting that one get away. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Bree, you have to go. I know. You have the list, right? Yes, I have the list. Don't worry. Put on the Monty Carey skit and, and the musical guest. Clueless Barry, the dysfunctionals, music, Muggsy, Johnny, music. Don't worry. It will be fine. Charles and I will take care of the show. Just go. Okay. If you go over, just cut some of the... One-liners, I know. Fine. I'm so sorry, Debbie. I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed with everything. One step at a time, Bree. Just take care of Beulah. Yeah. Wish us luck, and see you soon. She's in the living room. How's your mood, Leon? Angry and nervous. I have to say, Leon, I'm glad you're here to support her during this difficult time. Well, what are ex-husbands for? Look who's here. Oh, Bree, I feel like I'm going to an executioner. You are not going to an executioner. You're going to a place that will help you get your dignity back. I don't feel like getting my dignity back. I just want another drink. I'll get you some water, honey. No, I meant a little stronger than water, Leon. Listen, Beulah, this is for your Mm. own good. You are a wonderful person who is lost. Alcohol is not helping your problems. They are just making it worse. Oh, you're right, Bree. I know that, but I can do this on my own. I, I don't need to go to a way to re- rehab. No, Beulah, you can't do this on your own. You need support. But what about the show, my, my recipe segment? Well, you can send me the recipes via well, that, email. That's just it. Not letting me make outside contact via phone, just like prison. Leon can join me until you're gone. Uh, he can talk about the recipes. Leon? We could even have Polly, your son, and his husband, Bobby, guest on the show while you're gone. Oh, I guess. This is for your own good. No. We have to go soon, ladies. Our appointment is this afternoon, and it takes about four hours to get to High Watch. Well, why Connecticut? Why can't I get closer to home? It's one of the best rehabs in the country, and we want the best for you. Isn't that right, Leon? Yes, that's right. Nothing but the best for you, baby. Oh, Well, let me freshen up first. My bags are at the door, Leon, and while I'm upstairs, give Bree my recipe for the week. Okay, but hurry up. Let's see, where did she say it is? 
Oh, yes, by the to-do jar. Here it is. Hmm. Oh, I never even heard of this one, but boy, it sure looks good. Sri Lankan hoppers and chili sauce. Oh, yes. Beulah and I would have that many times for breakfast when we were married. They're crispy, thin pancakes, a crepe almost, with creamy egg and chili in the center. Makes my mouth water just thinking about it. Mmm, yummy. Hoppers, huh? What was that? Sounded like it came from outside. Oh, my gosh. Beulah, what are you doing in the bushes? I fell out the window. Well, don't just stand there. Help me up. What are you doing climbing out of the... Beulah, were you trying to escape? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't want to go to this rehab. Well, honey, you're going with or without broken bones. Are you all right? Yes, just my dignity is broken. Beulah, it's time for you to face reality. Hopping out of your window will not make your problems go away. Uh, now let's get cleaned up and go. We're running late. Leon? Yes, Beulah? Uh, find my shoe. It's out there somewhere. I'm on it. And for goodness sake, let's hurry before I change my mind again. We are proud of you, Beulah. Okay, here's your shoe, and here is the car door. Hop in, ladies. Debbie, put me on air. Okay, on air in three, two, one. Dear audience of KB Cabaret, Beulah sent me an amazing breakfast recipe this week. Sri Lankan hoppers with chili, a sort of crispy crepe with creamy eggs and chili, all rolled into one amazing culinary treat. I will be posting this on Beulah's recipe bar. You can find this and all of her other amazing recipes exclusively on our app. Just go to kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com and download yours today. Okay, Leon, let's go. Time to get this party started. Morning, Jack. Come on in. Big fishing day this afternoon, huh? Oh, maybe. A little luck. Coffee? Carl, how come you aren't wearing any pants? I never wear pants before I have my coffee. It's almost noon, so, um, yeah, coffee sounds good. Okay, but first I want to show you something. I hope it doesn't have anything to do with you not wearing pants. It's in the living room. Still doesn't answer my question. What is it? Not sure. Found it on the porch this morning when I went out to get the paper. You went outside without any pants on? Yeah, I gotta talk to the paper boy again about throwing it on the lawn. So what's this thing you have to show me? Over in the corner chair. Here, let me turn the light on. Holy mother of... Carl, what the hell is that thing? Remember that loud boom we heard the other night? And then the guy in the news said that it was a meteor that crashed into old man Harding's barn and burned it to the ground, killing him and three of his goats. Yeah? I don't think it was a meteor. Then what do you think it was? That. That? That. Well, that thing is hideous. And what's sticking out of its neck? Looks like old man Harding's prosthetic leg. I didn't know old man Harding lost a leg. Yep, it's right there. 
No, I meant the first time. Yeah, lost at Nam. Stupid landmines. No, he got drunk one night and wrecked his Jeep. Huh. After all this time, you think you know somebody. Well, he didn't like to talk about it. Well, I'm sure he wouldn't want to talk about this either. Well, reckon not. Why is it in your living room? Well, I couldn't just leave it on the porch. What would the neighbors say? Are you crazy? That thing ate old man Harding. I don't think it did. Otherwise, there'd be more than just his wooden leg sticking out. Oh, good point. But didn't old man Harding have four goats? I'm sure the thing was a little hungry after getting here from, well, wherever it is it came from. Right. Long trip. Who could blame him? <sighs> hmm. So, what are you going to do with it? You can't just leave it in your living room. I know. I got a spare bedroom upstairs. The one next to your room? I don't think that's a good idea. I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah, like your wife is going to let you keep it. Besides, you don't have goats. What if it gets hungry again? Uh, good point. Hey, you got room in your place, right? Oh, my landlady would never allow it. You have a lease, don't you? Yeah, but... Well, does it specifically say you can't have any aliens stay with you? No, Well, but... there you go. Devil's in the details, Jack. <laughs> or the lack thereof, eh? Uh, okay. But if she has a problem with it, I'm bringing it right back here. Fair enough. I suppose this means we ain't going fishing today. No, I gotta Google to see what goats are going for nowadays. I'll drop it off in the morning. What time? Sometime after I have my coffee. As long as you're wearing pants. So you've been listening to a little bit of Jamie Willard's Sacred and Profane, and I'm very happy to have him in studio with me today to discuss his beautiful music. This is a type of music that, just from the title alone, I know that you are an artist, um, because many of your titles have that type of sadness and have that extra negative, robust type of titles to it, which I'm used to. We have many artists in my family, including myself. So tell me about this song, Sacred and the Profane. I, after I listened to the song, I drew the conclusion that there was an, an awful lot of contrast in it between the slower melancholy sections and then the more brisk classical sections. And I come up with the title, mm-hmm. just as a contrast. So what I'm going to suggest to my audience is put on your warm slippers, sit back, put a blanket on, and drink your hot tea and cocoa because you're going to be listening to some wonderful sounds of Jamie Willard.
I am so excited. I've been waiting for weeks to see the baby giraffe, and today is finally the day. Yep, I'm looking forward to it, too. Let's go. Oh, no. Look outside. Mr. Conspiracy is out there. I can't stand listening to him anymore. Ah, just ignore him. We'll get in the car and go. Well, that never works. He's going to bend our ears for hours about his latest delusionary theory. Just keep your head down and head straight for the car. Hey, folks. Where are y'all going today? Uh, We're going to see the baby giraffe. (laughs) Quiet. Don't see anything more or we'll never get out of here. Baby giraffe? There's no baby giraffe. It's all a big conspiracy by the government and the powerful elites to distract you from discovering how they're robbing you blind. Bye. See you later. But, but we saw the giraffe on the giraffe cam. No, don't argue with Mr. Conspiracy. It just encourages him. It was all fake. Animation and computer graphics. Oh, they want you to be docile and passive. Then they raise the tax rate. Don't you think you're being just a bit paranoid? I thought you said not to talk to him. Paranoid? Tell me how paranoid I am when they hack into your bank account. They're hacking into our bank account? Of course not. Just get in the car. Sure, just ignore me. Ignore them, too, when they come for your guns. Wait, they're coming for my guns? Oh, honey, this is worse than I thought. That's right, your guns. You'll be completely defenseless when the jackbooted thugs show up at your door in the middle of the night. Well, I can take my guns when they pry them from my cold, dead hands. Oh, honey, you're scaring me. Oh, sure. Mr. Macho here is going to single-handedly fight the armed forces of the government. After they take your guns, they're coming for your women. What? Oh, I think we'd better call the police. The police? You think they're on your side? Ah! They have all the guns and the bulletproof vests. You've gone completely nuts. You're off your rocker. The lights are on, but there's nobody home. Lights? You think you're going to have lights once Armageddon begins? I'll be safe in my survivalist hideout with my flashlight and cans of tuna. Honey, do we need a survivalist hideout too? Oh, I don't think we have any tuna. What we need is a straitjack and a tranquilizer dart to calm this guy down. You're going to find it mighty hard to find a straitjacket, my friend. They're stockpiling them so they can control the scared scads of humanity. But they'll never get me. I can't wait to start eating that tuna. This is making me hungry. Can we go get some lunch? You're going to eat out? Don't do it. They'll pump you full of chemicals and truth serum. Then comes the interrogation. They'll get your confession without a struggle. Confession? I don't have anything to confess. That's what you think. Who'd you vote for in the last election? Who are you searching for on Google? Which one of your co-workers are you sleeping with? Yeah, honey, which one of your co-workers are you sleeping with? Look, this is a stupid conversation. We're going to get in the car, and we're going to go see that giraffe. I told you there's no giraffe. And you won't get far in that car without gasoline or traffic lights or your GPS. They're shutting down the power grid and the energy grid as we speak. You're headed for oblivion, but I'm looking forward to tuna surprise. Honey, are we in trouble? Maybe we should check to see if I have any tuna recipes. We don't need any tuna recipes. We're getting in the car, and we're going to take a nice drive out to see that cute little baby giraffe. Goodbye to you, sir. Enjoy your tuna surprise. Hey, wait. What? Can I borrow your can opener? Are 
new guest artist called Jatoba. They are from Brattleboro, Vermont. I am really excited to have this man on our show. They play Groovegrass. In the studio, I have Jason Skaggs and Baby Graham with me. And uh, hi, Jason. Nice talking with you. Hi, how's it, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm really enjoying the song. Nashville has such a different type of rhythm. I love the instrumentation. And I, I want to hear so much about who you are and the background of so far. But right now, I'm going to keep it to Nashville. Tell me about this song. Pretty uh, self-explanatory a bit. It's about, it's about a woman and about the town of Nashville. We work closely with the lyricist named Brother Country, and he has different kind of blog sites online. He wrote the idea, the general idea for this song, he kind of came up with because he's been living in Nashville for probably 10 years now, and we're going back and forth with this woman, and it's, you know, ups and downs, and I collaborate with him all the time, so he, he just sends me like just a pleasure of music, of lyrics, and this one really just grabbed a hold of me. I could hear, I could really hear the rhythm coming right out in that chorus. The chorus was kind of where it started. It's kind of a story, you know, but it's basically about a woman, you know, and about releasing yourself into Nashville and going there, following a woman, and everything that unravels after that, good, good and bad, I guess. You have been nominated, I've been looking at your site, at Vermont's Best Bluegrass Band three years in a row now, and I find yep. that intriguing. That's, that's fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. This is Groove Grass, which is a combination of bluegrass and newgrass together. Interesting type of four, but it's very soulful and really cool to listen to. Let's listen to Nashville. Well, I met her on a long street trip down to old Kentucky. She broke down my heart that first night by her side. Then it came to be that her and me were soon to be married. Together through this life, letting faith be our guide. While I'm 200 miles from Memphis, Nashville, Tennessee. I wanted to go see Elvis just to be in this place to be. Well, I wanted to go see Elvis to live the life I love. But here I am in Nashville, stuck in some other reality. Disrespecting me, so release me now from Nashville and set me free while I'm sitting in the soul streets out, winding blind stress. Straight out on the run, no time left to unwind. That urban scene we had thought we had seen now seemed to be a mirage. Together through this life, letting faith be our guide. Release me now from Nashville, mama, set me free from Tennessee. Yeah, I don't need this drama, nor you disrespecting me. So release me now from Nashville and set me free.
set me free from Tennessee Yeah, I don't need this drama nor you disrespecting me So release me now from Nashville And set me free while I'm 200 miles from Memphis To Nashville, Tennessee I wanted to go see Elvis just to be in this place to be Well, I wanted to go see Elvis to live the life I love But here I am in Nashville with the woman that I love Release me now from Nashville, mama Set me free from Tennessee Yeah, I don't need this drama nor you disrespecting me So release me now from Nashville and set me free Muggsy. Yeah, boss. Get in here. Yeah, boss. What's this I hear? Vinny's gone and got himself a broad. He's gone? Who's gone? Vinny. Vinny's gone? No, he's downstairs. You want me to get him? No, I don't want you to go get him. Oh, well, maybe he left already. What do you mean, left already? I thought you said he was downstairs. He is. Uh, or at least he was when I saw him last. Muggsy, I'm confused. When was the last time you saw him? I don't know. I guess about an hour ago. Was he alone? No, he was with his new girlfriend. Muggsy. What? That's what I asked for in the first place. I thought you said he was gone. Enough with this gun crap. So what about Vinny? Ah, my gun. Boss, now I'm confused. You should be, and I'm this close to ending the confusion for both of us. And let me tell you, you ain't gonna like it. Right, boss. <sighs> Look, I'm gonna make a suggestion, so listen carefully. Sure, boss. What you got? We start this whole conversation over. From the beginning? Yes, from the beginning. Muggsy, you with me? Yeah, boss, I'm with you. Start over from the beginning, right? Yeah. Start over, which is what I'm going to do with you if this don't go well the second time. Okay, shoot. <laughs> Figuratively speaking, right, boss? We'll see how this goes. Now, I think I have a pretty good idea what led to the confusion, so let me rephrase my original question in a manner that will be, shall we say, less confusing for the both of us. And when I say both of us, I mean you, Muggsy. So pay attention. Right, boss. Good. So, let's begin. Vinny's downstairs. Right, boss. He's with his girlfriend. Right. They aren't going anywhere. Well, that ain't exactly right, boss. What do you mean, ain't exactly right? Well, they was talking about going abroad when Vinny goes on vacation. Since when do you guys take vacation? We take vacation every year, boss. Remind me later to put a stop to that. Sure, boss. Now, where was I? Vinny? His girlfriend? No more vacation? Right. So let's recap. Vinny's going abroad with this broad. <laughs> That's funny, boss. Do you see me laughing? No, boss, but it's still funny the way you said it. Maybe to you, but I gotta work with Chooch, so it's not as funny from where I sit. Yeah, lucky you, eh, boss? Yeah, lucky me. So lucky I'm thinking about reducing my staff by 50% just to cut down on all that chooch. I don't know, boss. Might not be a good idea if you ask me. Whack and Vinny would double my workload, you know? And to be honest, I'd kind of miss him if he were gone. You'd miss Vinny? 
Aw, now ain't that sweet. That's nice, boss. You understand. No, that ain't nice, and I don't understand. Maybe I wasn't talking about Vinny. Oh, that would be even worse. No. What would be even worse is if I decided to cut it by 100% and start over. Yeah, that would be worse. Especially for me, right, boss? Shut up and get Vinny in here. Hey, Vinny, get up here. Boss wants to see you. Am I getting whacked? Hey, boss, Vinny wants to know if you're going to whack him when he gets here. No, I'm not going to whack Vinny. Just get him in here. Nah, you're good, Vinny. Come on up. What about me, boss? What about you? Am I getting whacked? Eventually, but not today. I'm thinking maybe tomorrow or next Friday. Ah, oh, gee, thanks, boss, because I got a few things I'd like to take care of first. Don't mention it. I'm here, boss. I know you're here. I just saw you walking in, so why you got to say that when I'm looking right at you? Uh, I don't know. Huh? What else don't you know? Uh, well, uh... Ah, forget about it! I already know what you don't know. So what's this I hear about you got a girlfriend? Yeah, nice girl. I'm taking her with me on vacation. Vinny, Vinny, don't say it. Boss don't like it when you say that word. What word? Vacation? Vinny. Ah, I'm beginning to see what you mean about working with Chooch, boss. Do you? Well, for a minute there I thought I did. But I guess not, eh, boss? Stop guessing, Muggsy. Hey! Vinny, you still with me? Oh, sure, boss. Uh, can't you see me? Yeah, I can see you. I can see you face down in a shallow grave. Now, what about this trip you're taking with your new girlfriend? Oh, oh, oh yeah, right. When I take vacation, I, I take this broad abroad with me. Hey, <laughs> did you hear that? I'm taking this broad abroad. That's funny. <laughs> Ain't it? Uh, that take that broad abroad? <laughs> no. no. Get out of here, both of yous. Hey. Hey, Muggsy. What just happened? Nobody got whacked. That's what happened. Come on, introduce me to your new girlfriend. I'm here in studio with Aaron Jonah Lewis. He is the founder of Corn Potato String Band. So tell me about Route 77. Uh, you were traveling somewhere that, uh, that you ins were inspired to write this song? You, you got it. That's, that's why it was called Route 77. I was in Finland uh -huh. with my band. I had a five-piece western swing band called the the Froggy Mountain Boys. Huh? We were based in Berlin. I lived in Berlin for a few years, Berlin, Germany. And those guys came from France and from Germany, and there was another American in the band. And the first time that that name came about, it was really funny. I was playing with the two French guys just as a trio. We had a pickup gig. We were just playing at some restaurant. Somebody came by and said, uh, what, what are you guys called? And, you know, we said, well, we don't really have a band name. We're just some friends. We just have this gig. But I was playing the banjo, and these guys are French, so I said, we're the Froggy Mountain Boys, which is a joke that only I could really understand because the French guys didn't know about bluegrass, really. You know, they, they didn't know about Earl Scruggs and the Froggy Mountain Boys. So I, I thought it was really funny. Nobody else really seemed to care. But then about a year later, we had this jam session with those two guys and myself and the German guy and the other American guy, and it was just magic. And we said, guys, we have to start a band. This is so good. And they said, Aaron, you have to be the band leader. 
we're going to do the Western swing music that you love so much, and we're going to call <laughs> ourselves the Froggy Mountain Boys. <laughs> no way. No, that's, that's a joke band name. That's, and the guys said, too late. I already booked us a gig. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> so, great. Well, it's a so, catchy uh, name, actually. We made an album. that The album is called Route 77, but the recording that you have is... Uh, and, and so that, that Froggy Mountain Boys recording is available on Bandcamp. Okay. And I'm really proud of it, but... The recording that I sent you was from the Corn Potato String Band. When we started the Corn Potato String Band, we rearranged that song for two banjos. Mm-hmm. So the original recording with Froggy Mountain Boys was neon banjo. Uh, there was a clarinet player, there was a fiddle player, uh, a guitar player, and a bass player. And it's really hot. The whole album is, I'm very proud of it. But we're no longer playing together since I'm back in the U.S. And you know, one of the guys moved back to France, and everyone's kind of split up. But I am still playing with the Corn Potato String Band. Another well, very catchy title to a band, yeah. All right, so let's listen to Route 77. Don't be. You're right, I know. Why would you be nervous anyway? I don't know, I just am. Look at my hands, are all clammy. Look, everybody here is the same boat as you were in. Well, that should be a comfort in itself. Okay, okay, you're right. 
You always are. I've been coming to these rooms for years. You'll be fine. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to Vicky's Weight Viewers Support Group. This is an open meeting supplementing the Vicky's Weight Viewers Diet Program based on Vicky's Mapo Mantra. Might as well put it on hips. Okay, everybody. Now for Vicky's three preambles. What do we say when our food's out of control? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! Who eats everything in sight? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! oink. What don't we want to be? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! That's right! Everybody give yourselves a hand. This is weird. Shh. Okay, this is an open meeting for Vicky's Diet Support Group. My name is Doug, and I want to welcome all of you. Do we have any newcomers in the room? I guess I'm a newcomer. Welcome, welcome. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay. I'm Angela, Angie, I guess, and um, I joined Vicky's Weight Viewers two days ago. Welcome, welcome. Would someone like to start with a difficulty or a revelation? Um, yeah, I'm Sally, and I want to start off with a difficulty. Yes, Sally. Uh, when I eat too many vegetables, I start turning green. Well, that's odd. How many vegetables do you eat? Well, uh, since we're all allowed to eat unlimited quantities of vegetables, I guess a few hundred pounds a day. Wow, that's quite a bit. What do we say, folks? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! I'm sorry. I, I didn't think I Don't was... Don't take it hard, dear. When I started, I ate so much chicken in a week, I started tur turning chickeny. Chickeny? Well, yes, I ate chicken all the time. Four ounces, three times a day, seven days a week, for two and a half months. That's 2,989 ounces of chicken a month. That's about a uh, hundred live chickens. I still have the urge, you know. Oh, my. Hi, my name's Charlie, and I have the opposite problem. I don't act like anything or feel like anything. I just don't like anything anymore. What do you mean, Charlie? I don't know. I mean, everything I eat tastes the same. Like cardboard, I guess. And you are reacting. Uh, I'm not following. You are acting and feeling like corrugated paper, Charlie. Hey, I never thought of that. Wait, I'm sorry. Everyone seems to become what they eat. Yes, and? Well, does this mean that whatever we eat, we become? Well, you heard the old adage, you are what you eat. Oh, dear. Doreen, I have to leave. Well, whatever for? Well, I cheated. What did you do? Oh, dear. Well, for goodness sake, what did you eat? I ate 20 pounds of snails in two days, okay? Snails. Slimy, sluggish snails. I binged on snails, but they were good. Good. You hear me? All of you? You hear me? Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Do you guys see what I see? Oh, she left a slimy trail. That's enough. We have to be supportive of each other no matter how low we go. Repeat Vicky's preambles. What do we say when our food's out of control? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! Who eats everything in sight? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! What don't we want to be? Suey! Oink, oink, oink! That's right! Everybody give yourselves a hand. 
Meeting adjourned. Hi, this is Mr. Crank. And you know what's causing me heartache and misery this week? It's the grocery store. Yeah, that's right, the grocery store. How could anyone not like the grocery store? Everybody's got to eat, right? What's your problem? Yeah, that's un-American. There's no place on earth I hate more than the grocery store. Look, I'll do my part in the kitchen, cooking, cleaning up, even carving the Thanksgiving turkey. Just don't ask me to shop for groceries. Here's the problem. In the natural order of things, there are three places where the male of the species should dare not tread. The ladies' room, the maternity ward, and the grocery store. The grocery store is feminine-occupied territory. Men have no business there, and more importantly, women don't want us there. Um, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, could you tell me where the hamburger helper is? <gasps> Get away from me, you predatory, stalking heathen. I have a boyfriend, you know. You want me to call security? Besides, Hamburger Helper is loaded with sodium and nitrates. It'll make you more bloated and unattractive than you already are. And even if I don't ask for help, the grocery store ladies still make me feel unwanted. Here's a law of physics they didn't teach us in high school. The speed at which a woman pushes her grocery cart down the aisle is inversely proportional to the width of her butt. Try moving through the aisle when you have a slow female on one side and an abandoned cart on the other. Oh, pardon me, madam. I can't get through. If you could just move that... Don't tell me to move, you worthless slime bag. I'll move when I'm good and ready. Why don't you just go hang out in the junk food aisle for a while? Looks like you've spent most of your sorry life over there anyway, haven't you? And if you think these one-on-one -on -one encounters are bad, wait till these women pair up in twos. Then they use a technique that inflicts the ultimate revenge on unsuspecting male grocery store shoppers. The double-wide aisle block. So I told her, Margaret, don't let him get away with that. If you do it once, he'll expect it every night forever and ever. Oh, you're right about that. If you give them an inch, they take a mile. And he doesn't have that many inches to give. <laughs> uh, ladies? Ladies, uh, can I get through, please? I I've been waiting patiently, and my ice cream is starting to melt. What's the matter, loser? Can't find a woman to grocery shop for you? Yeah, I think they're having a men's meeting over in the Limburger cheese aisle. I can smell it all the way over here. <laughs> And speaking of other men, you'd think that when I run into one of those rare guys besides myself brave enough to cruise those estrogen-packed aisles, I'd get some sympathy from a kindred spirit. But no, it's every man for himself. Wow, Buster, your behavior is unacceptable. You're embarrassing the entire male fraternity. No wonder these women don't want you around here. Well, I got my quiche and yogurt. Time to go. Now don't follow me out of here. I don't want anyone to think that we're a couple. I finally finish the grueling task of getting everything I want into the cart, but then comes the worst part of the grocery store experience, checking out. The first problem is selecting which checkout line to get into. Back in the old days, I used to choose the one that had the hottest girl working the register. Now my priorities have changed. I find the one I think is going to give me the least amount of attitude. Your ice cream is dripping all over everything. You're supposed to pick the ice cream up last and put it into the plastic bag. 
all the women know enough to do that. And don't you know how unhealthy that hamburger helper is? Oh no, this weight loss drink won't scan. Didn't you notice the barcode on the label is missing? Aren't you supposed to ask me if I want paper or plastic? Manager to register seven. Manager to register seven. I have a customer here with a jumbo size of weight loss drink that won't scan. Can you guess what his gender is? One time I tried to avoid the cashier attitude issue by using the self-checkout. But that's even worse. Then the only person I can get mad at is me. I don't know how to work those scanners, and if you struggle with it too long, some condescending criticizer will come along to make you feel worse. What's the matter, Grandpa? Can't figure out the technology? Yeah, this jumbo-sized can of weight loss drink won't scan. Right. We get that a lot with our customers who grew up in the 20th century. And between you and me, you wouldn't need that weight loss drink in the first place if you ditched the ice cream and the hamburger helper. Well, almost done. The last terrible tasks are getting the grocery cart out of the store through the automatic doors that won't open. And then moving the bags from the cart into my car while trying to ignore the impatient lady waiting to take my parking space. <laughs> Hurry it up, old man. I don't have all day. What are you doing here anyway? Don't you have a lodge meeting or something to go to? I finally get home, ready to unwind and eat dinner, when I realize that I forgot the hamburger for the hamburger helper. Gotta go back to the grocery store. That ought to give all those sadistic women shoppers something to look forward to. This is Mr. Crank. You can find me stranded in the meat aisle. Banjo Lele. It is sung by a, a very talented artist, Andrew Bemis. And tell me a little bit about the lyrics of this song, because the melody is fantastic. Lyrics are too, but I detect some dark tones in your music. At least your lyrics I do. And so I'm just curious about that. Uh, there, there are some. I guess, I guess for me so often I write music to say the things that either I'm too nice to say in person to people or things that I just don't know how to say otherwise. That actually comes from a really old song called I Love My Ukulele. And I often just write new verses for things. And at the time, I was in a little tiny house with another house that was about 10 feet away. And they tended to keep their television on really late at night, for mm -hmm. example. So one of the verses, I think, was about that. Somebody stole my bicycle. So I think one of the verses was about that because that kind of made me unhappy. And, and then you have two lines that say, some days are bad, some are worst. Most are simply worst, terrible. Most are simply terrible. <laughs> I don't always feel that way, but some days I feel that way. So. <laughs> well, the melody is uplifting. The lyrics, I think, speak to us all. Let's go and listen to this song, because I have a feeling, KB Cabaret audience, you're going to love it. Some are worse, most are simply terrible. There's one thing I like to sing to make them somewhat bearable. 
Thank you to my hardworking crew, co-workers, and actors John Kerry, John Montgomery, actors Junie McMahon, and Bonnie DeForest. My amazing sound engineer and actor, newlywed, Charles Berman. His assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My music engineer, David Rice of Basement Studios, who <laughs> makes me sound better than I am. And a special shout-out to Christina Dilnella, who plays one mean piano and now works in musical theater in New York City. Of course, a special thank you to you, dear KB Cabaret audience, for stopping by and listening to our show. We certainly couldn't do this without you. If any of you have a hankering to write or sing for our show, contact me 
Bree Harvey through the show submission page. Let me see what you've got. And sponsors, you want your name heard by over 150,000 listening audience members all over the country and as far as Australia? <laughs> Hello, mates. Then KB Cabaret is the place to be. Just give me a shout out on kbcabaret.com. That's kbkabaret.com. I'm Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of KB Cabaret. See you next week on the radio. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our parlor city. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.